right, man, check this out. 168 episodes of the DFS Dose podcast, and we're going to kick this off in a way that we've never started before, okay? (laughs) Cold open, we're giving out a best bet of the week, and that's Titans minus four, because this Jacksonville Jaguars team is in complete disarray because of this Urban Meyer situation. You know, the players don't respect him, ownership is heated, and I mean, I think the Titans just win by two scores plus in this spot like this this is a legit team collapse situation i can't believe that the line is is four points in favor of the titans in this spot (laughs) yeah i can't believe it either but you know the real story is does arben meyer get fired and are you willing to bet on that? I mean, it would depend on the odds. Like, I think that Derrick Henry literally rushing through this man's career path is is squarely in the range of outcomes this week. Like, if Derrick Henry goes for 304, like, you know, they're firing Urban Meyer on Monday morning. 100%. <laughs> do, you, do you think that he should have been fired after this whole story is played out, though? Like, he shouldn't even be on the team anymore, in my opinion. Really? It, yeah, it's just we've we've seen the reports where, you know, the the players don't respect him. You know, they lost faith in him. They lost trust in him. And I think it's just time to cut bait with Urban Meyer. You know, the experiment has gone on way too long. You know, he signed Tim Tebow as a tight end. He drafted Travis Etienne in the first round after they had James Robinson on the team already. And he had an open quarterback competition with Trevor Lawrence and Gardner <laughs> Minshew. It's like, what has this dude done? to show that he's a competent head coach at the NFL level. Nothing. So you might as well just cut bait with him right now, in my opinion. I mean, I I agree. And I think that, you know, the way that he's handled personnel and, you know, signing every Ohio State player he could get, like, I think that from a football perspective, there's definitely reasons to be skeptical and, and to just cut bait, like you said. I mean, do I think that Urban Meyer should be fired because he had a tough day at work, went out for a drink and and was trying to get some cheeks. Like, no, that (laughs) happens in every bar in America every single day. Like I see that shit 10 times a week. So like, I'm not like on my moral high ground. I think he should get fired from that. No, (laughs) I mean, from a football perspective, yeah, get him out there and, and, you know, save Trevor before it's too late. (laughs) He was just, he was just trying to get some cheeks. Right. (laughs) Oh God! I mean, I don't know what the hell he was thinking. Uh, you know, did did you see the video where he was like, "Yeah, I was just having dinner with my family at the restaurant. They just tried to get me to come to the bar. This group of kids, and you know, I shouldn't have went, but I did." And then he gets videotaped just sitting there getting grinded on by like a twenty-one year old, <laughs> and he has a wife too. His wife's probably heated. Oh yeah, she's tight. <laughs> she, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be surprised if you know a divorce is in the range of outcomes over the next couple months? But God, Urban Meyer, what a guy! You know, he just. He just needs to be gone. The Jags just need to move on, and it's that simple. And it's not because of the situation. It just plays a part in it. Yeah, no, I I agree. It's sunk cost fallacy. Like, you know, it's not going to get better. Just you made a mistake. It's a tough scene. Let's cut cut it and move on, you know? And there's so many good like young head coaches that are looking for opportunities so i think it would be beneficial for the jaguars to uh, move on from urban meyer and just end this experiment right now because it's obviously not working out wow 
What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 168 of the DFS Dose podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, joined as I always am by Joey Carrion. And on today's show, we're going to be breaking down week five in the NFL from a DraftKings perspective going to talk some slate specifics, what the Vegas Lions are telling us about this week. We're going to talk some chalk and of course, close out the show with leverage stacks and long shots. If you're new to the podcast and like what you hear, you can support us by subscribing on whatever podcast platform you use, whether that be Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or Podcast Addict. You can also find us on YouTube at the DFS Dose, where we produce fantasy content all week, every week, and live stream on Saturdays. Finally, Our Discord channel is open and available if you ever want to join the conversation and talk to us like that. The link to do so is in the description to the podcast below. Joey, how you doing, buddy? Ready for an ugly week five slate? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm definitely ready, ready to uh, continue this win streak and should be a fun week without, you know, some premier teams on the slate in the Bills, Chiefs, Ravens, Seahawks, Rams. Just going to be an interesting week. Yeah, definitely. A lot of the players we like to target on the regular are not on the slate. And we can get into what Vegas is telling us here. And, you know, it's sort of reflected in just the overall low scoring projections for the week. It is a 12 game main slate with eight games early and four games in the afternoon. Only three games with totals above 50 this week. And the top five implied team totals, we've got Dallas at 29 and a half, Minnesota 29, Tampa Bay 28.25, Arizona at 27.75, and Green. Bay at 26.75. Joey, what is standing out to you from a Vegas perspective this week? Yeah, I think what stands out to me is the lack of high total games. As you mentioned, only three games with a total above 50. And some of those games are actually being bet down. The Cardinals game has been bet down three points to 50 and a half, which is interesting. So we're looking at a low scoring week on the horizon. And I think that is going to be reflected on DraftKings. I think this is probably going to be the lowest scoring week of the season. But I think it makes for a great tournament week just because everybody's probably going to play like the Cardinals or Cowboys. And if if those two teams fail and you play a different stack, you're, you're moving up the leaderboard. So I'm excited to play some GPPs this week. Yeah, man. These are the types of week where I feel like cash and tournaments really are are really different from like a building standpoint, like in the weeks where great plays are fewer and further between, I think in cash games, you just have to prioritize going stars and scrubs and paying mm-hmm. up to get the guaranteed points in your lineups. And and we'll talk about that as we get to chalk, but it's very much a stars and scrubs type of week for cash games. And then in tournaments, like you said, if you just get away from the consolidated ownership on those players that you know we're looking at as guaranteed points, you're getting immediate leverage on the field. So I think we'll see a very different sort of build from what we're targeting in cash cash versus what we're targeting in GPPs. Yeah, I definitely agree that the cash game build this week is going to be a stars and scrub approach and the GPP build is going to be a more balanced approach and, you know, getting away from those chalky options at the top of the player pool. Well, we can discuss some of those chalky options here and starting off at the running back position. I mean, God, Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook just absolutely jump off the page this week. 
Yeah, Derrick Henry is 9K on the road against Jacksonville, a team that he has historically dominated. You know, we've all seen that 99-yard touchdown run where he stiff-armed like 17 people. Um, (laughs) And it's just a great spot for Derrick Henry. He's leading the NFL in touches. He's getting 30-plus touches a game. And he's on pace to, you know, be the league leader in rushing yards once again. So he's a phenomenal play. You also take into account that his receiving role has grown this year as he's five receptions off of his career high and there's only been four games right so he's going to smash his career high in catches so Derrick Henry is a great play and then Delvin Cook at 8400 at home against one of the worst defenses in the NFL in the Detroit Lions I think it's a phenomenal spot for Delvin Cook obviously there's some fragility there with his injury and he missed some drives but if he gets in full practices throughout the week I would be comfortable going back there at 8400 and if he has a full workload he's one of the most underpriced players on the Absolutely. I mean, like like I mentioned a moment ago, the Vikings have the second highest implied team total on the slate with 29. They're nine point home favorites against Detroit, who started off with a horrible defense and has lost key players every single week up to this point. So I mean, if Dalvin Cook has multiple full practices or if he's practicing in full by Friday, even following a couple limited outings, I mean, I, I would be all over Dalvin Cook in cash. I think that you can make a case that either of these two players are, are the best play on the slate, but you know, the the you're kind of splitting hairs and I, I would be looking to get both of them in if I could yeah I am definitely trying to jam both of these guys in you know that's 50 60 combined touches elite touchdown upside with both of these guys and their floors are so high that you just want to jam them in in cash games now Going a little bit lower in the price pool, there is a standout play, I think, in the mid-range at 7K, Ezekiel Elliott, who is really sort of regaining the form that he had in years prior, is looking really good. He's had a solid floor pretty much all year, except for the Tampa Bay game, which I think we can sort of uh, explain away as as matchup-based. One of the few matchups that really matters in the NFL is Tampa Bay versus running backs, but this spot at home against the Giants with the highest implied team total on the slate is a really enticing spot for Ezekiel Elliott at 7K. Yeah, it's a good spot for Zeke, and I don't know if he's going to be very chalky just because of like that weird price range that he's in you know he's not too cheap but he's not too expensive and a lot of people are just going to go up to Delvin Cook and Derrick Henry which should take some ownership off of Zeke but he's been great the Cowboys offense has been great and if they get out to a lead they're just going to feed Zeke right you know he's he had 20 attempts in that game against Carolina and then 15 plus in his two previous games so he's got a guaranteed workload in Dallas obviously he's going to be losing touches to Tony Powell which is something that you don't want, especially if you play him in cash. But I think he's fine at 7K. Yeah, still playing over 70% of snaps in, in every game. So it's not like he's he is losing snaps, but a lot of the time they're playing both guys on the field at the same time. So I'm not too worried about Tony Pollard's impact. Of course, he could vulture a rushing touchdown, but I still feel confident about mm-hmm. Zeke at 7K, especially if you're getting an ownership discount off of the top guys like we mentioned, which it, it seems like you would. But the interesting thing this week at the running back position is the mid-range value there are definitely some guys that stand out and I I expect to be played heavily in the mid 5k range yeah so I think the guy that stands out to me the most is Leonard Fournette at 5200 going up against a Miami defense that has given up the third most amount of DraftKings points to opposing running backs per game giving up over 31 points and Leonard Fournette we saw him kind of just be the alpha in in that Tampa Bay backfield he played 81 percent of snaps against the Patriots ran 20 
20 plus routes in that spot and he looks to have taken the job and it's his now like I said, he was targeted quite a bit. He had five targets in that game, 20 carries, 25 touches, 5,200. He's just severely underpriced, in my opinion. And Ronald Jones just isn't a factor anymore, which you hate to see. Yeah, I mean, we definitely saw the switch. Fournette played on 82% of snaps in this last game. And, you know, even beyond that, all year, his his workload has been pretty good, especially as a receiver. He's seventh in the NFL at running back targets, eighth in running back reception, sixth and routes run so he's gonna be out there we know that Brady favors pass catching running back so I think that that's a big part of the reason that there's been a switch here and with Geo out for net figures to just dominate that role and he'll get he'll get attempts as well he's had 11 red zone touches through the first four weeks of the season so at 5200 with a high implied team total I think you're getting a ton of value on Fournette in that same range Damian Williams figures to be pretty popular at 5600 with David Montgomery set to miss four to five weeks with injury yeah People just love playing backup running backs after the starter gets hurt. So he's definitely going to have ownership this week. And it's a good spot for him. The Raiders are giving up over 26 DraftKings points to opposing running backs, uh, which is bottom 10 in the NFL. So it's a pretty solid spot for Damian Williams and there's not really much competition for touches besides Khalil Herbert, who I think is going to get a little bit of an increased role. So I don't know if Damian Williams is is going to have, you know, the workload that we would hope for him to have without Montgomery there. But I still think he's a fine play if he gets you let's say 18 touches, 20 touches at 5,600. Like that's phenomenal. And he's definitely going to be popular this week. But personally, I would just rather play Henry and Delvin Cook and then pay down to Leonard Fournette at 5,200 and run those three running backs. Yeah, no, I, I agree that Fournette is the better option between the two. I don't expect Herbert to really eat too much into the role. Like he'll probably have some touches, but I think it'll be like a lesser version of how much Damian Williams has been eating into Montgomery. Montgomery's role, so I feel pretty confident about it. You know, they've been consistently using Damian Williams in the pass catching role. So I think his floor is decent in this spot as well. And from like a roster construction standpoint, I think it's really going to come down to Trey Lance, which we'll get to in a minute when we talk about quarterbacks. But, you know, we're either going to have Lance as a really popular cash option, or if Jimmy G manages to be healthy, I think we'll be paying up even potentially all the way to the top with Kyler Murray. And at that point, you're probably playing only one of Henry and Cook, and you're playing two of these guys in the mid 5k range I think would be the build in cash games yeah I definitely agree if Trey Lance is not available then obviously a lot of people are going to pay up to Kyler and then the build with Damian and Leonard Fournette would be very popular and, and I think that would be the correct build yeah and, and so you mentioned that people have this infatuation with playing backup running backs and we've got one at the stone men that looks to be a starter this week in Samaje Pirine are you interested and playing Mr. P. Ryan in cash <laughs> games at 4K. I mean, obviously I'm not interested just because <laughs> Samaj P. Ryan is a stone scrub. Yeah. But he is going to be chalky if Mixon is unable to go in this spot. And he is a good salary saver. Like you said, he's min price 4K. God, it's just so... He's just so dusty, man. I, I don't know if he steps into Mixon's workload then obviously he's the best play on the slate. I just don't know if he is going to get that role. I think they will play Chris Evans quite a bit. Captain America? Yeah, Captain. Getting some snaps this week? I mean, he's got to, right? So I think Samaj P. Ryan is 
more fragile than people think since I believe Chris Evans is going to siphon some touches away from him and I just don't want to play Samaj P. Ryan in 2021 like I hope I don't have to just jam him in and just hate my hate myself for it you know yeah I mean I think that there's virtually no scenario in which I play Samaj P. Ryan this week like I hope he's chalk I hope people go there but I, I think that like the 1200 to get up to four net is is easy to find and I would very much prefer to do that same thing with Damian Williams like I'm I'm not going to some gp ryan this week i'm just not i i hope people do though i really do <laughs> yeah i mean if he's chalk it, it, it'd be a tough fade but we've made uh tough fades before and and they've worked out and i think i would be in line with you and in, in fading samaj p ryan if he's chalk and just hoping like, for the best dude if i lose to samaj p ryan then I'm, it's fine <laughs> i'm meant to lose like that's okay yeah <laughs> Moving on to the quarterback position, we sort of referenced it, and I think that where the ownership goes this week is really going to depend on Jimmy Garoppolo's status, and we're recording the pod right now early on Wednesday, so we don't know. Apparently, per Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy Garoppolo's calf injury was, quote, not as bad as they thought, so he has a chance to suit up, and we'll find out. I think that there is a pretty good chance that they sit him with a bye week up ahead. Like if he's actually injured, there's no real need to rush him back. See what Trey Lance has. And, you know, we talked about it on the Monday review show that Trey Lance, you know, his rushing floor just makes him such a good play at 5,700. Gonna have to be, you know, trying to go toe to toe with Kyler Murray. I mean, Lance at 5,700, if we have him, I think would be a stone lock in cash games. Yeah. And it's just all about projection with with Trey Lance, right? We, We really have no baseline to go off of when considering Trey Lance but if he's the starter we're expecting him to run quite a bit you know he had seven attempts in that one half last week against Seattle for 41 yards so if if that goes up to like 10 or 11 attempts the floor is super high for Trey Lance and then obviously he has some great weapons in the passing game as well so I think he would be the chalkiest quarterback if Jimmy Garoppolo is confirmed out and I would uh, suggest everybody tune into our uh, Saturday night live stream where we will discuss that when it happens, if it happens then. So make sure you tune into that on YouTube at the DFS Dose. Good plug. But yeah, Trey Lance is going to be chalky. And then the quarterback on the other side of the ball, I think is the best quarterback play on the slate. It's pretty obvious, right? Kyler Murray at 8K should figure to have decent ownership. He's been like the league MVP to start the season. His floor is extremely high. You know, it's scoring 20 plus in every game so far averaging 29 and a half DraftKings points and you know you're just getting the best floor slash ceiling combination on the slate with Murray so I'm expecting him and Trey Lance to be the two of the highest on quarterbacks this week yep I I think that if Jimmy Garoppolo plays and we don't have Trey Lance I would be more inclined to just go all the way up to Kyler Mm -hmm. rather than finding anybody in the mid-range I mean there are decent plays like Jalen Hurts I think it'd be a good play too at 7K. And that, that would be an interesting discussion on whether or not you want to, you know, save the thousand to go down to Jalen Hurts, because as we've seen, his floor as well is extremely high. His lowest game this year, 21.8. And he's he's got, you know, 30 point upside any given week as well. He's been getting it done as a rusher, as a passer as well. So, I mean, I like Hurts this week and Dak Prescott below him is interesting at 6,900. But like we've seen at multiple points this year, like the Cowboys can just switch to being a run first team at any given week. And if that's the case and Dak is only throwing, you know, 22 to 26 times, then Mm -hmm. I 
I feel I don't feel great about him in cash. Yeah, I would much rather just play Jalen Hurts over Dak if I'm you know struggling for cash on this slate. Hundred dollar difference. I just think Jalen Hurts' floor is a little bit higher just because of his rushing equity. You know, he's averaging nine attempts per game through his first four starts and Jalen Hurts has been very very good like he's a top three quarterback in fantasy football right now Jalen Hurts over Dak Prescott if you're sitting in the mid-range but I think I would agree with you that if I'm not playing Trey Lance I'm just gonna find the salary to get up to Kyler Murray yeah So moving on to the wide receiver position, the top is a little bit scarce this week. You know, we're missing a lot of the guys that you usually see at the top of the pricing. However, Devontae Adams sets up really well in this spot at 8,200 with a top five implied team total and just a massive target share in the Green Bay offense. Yeah, Devontae Adams is an elite play every single week, right? He has a 35% target share, 38% of his team's air yards, and has an dot of 10 yards. So he's getting targeted deep down the field. He's getting targeted at an extremely high rate. So he's a great play each and every single week. And if you can jam in Devontae Adams with Derrick Henry and Delvin Cook, like the floor on your lineup is just super high, right? And that's ultimately what you want in cash games. So I'm looking to play all three. So I hope we get Trey Lance this week. And if we don't, you know, you're probably going to have to sacrifice one, but I don't really want to sacrifice Devontae Adams, especially on a week where the wide receiver pool is kind of ugly. I'm not going to lie. Like there's not really many plays that that I'm seeing that are like, wow, like this guy's a must play. Like these guys are priced up like DJ Moore, D hop, Terry McLaurin, Mike Williams, not getting any, uh, any salary savings on them. And then the, the mid range is filled with a bunch of questionable guys guys and the lower range is filled with a bunch of scrubs so it's a tough week in the in the wide receiver uh, pool this week you know outside of Devonte adams the one play that really does stand out to me price included is keenan allen who's 6500 and averaging 11 targets per mm-hmm. game he's had 11 or more targets in three out of the four i feel like he is in such a good spot every single week like we know he's going to get the targets and you know people are going to be inclined to play guys like amari cooper and, and cd lamb i think but amari cooper has 12 targets over the last three Three weeks and same same thing with uh cd lamb he has eight targets over the last two like it's just not happening for the dallas offense right now with the receivers they're not throwing the ball as much so like if we're in this mid 6k range i think keenan is the clear-cut standout in, in that price point yeah i definitely agree that keenan is a great play and he's like the one wide receiver that is projecting really well in this range so he definitely could come with some ownership and I think there's you know a possibility that you can get off Delvin Cook and and play a more balanced approach and play Keenan Allen and and get off of one of the uh, 3k wide receivers that we'll talk about here shortly but Keenan Allen is a phenomenal play this week and then you mentioned Amari Cooper I think he might have some ownership um, and then if he's out because he's questioned, will CD Lamb at 6,200 will definitely be very popular. Definitely. There's some interesting plays in the mid-range too. I, I think that both of the Jacksonville Jaguar wide receivers are in play. Marvin Jones, I think, really stands out at 5,700, but you get some decent savings by going down to LaVisca Chanel, and we should see this offense consolidate in terms of target share, I think, around these two guys a lot more than we have with DJ Chark placed on IR for the moment. Yeah, I definitely think that these guys will come with ownership. LaVisca Chanel should be more popular than Marvin Jones, so... 
you know, there's the direct pivot for tournaments. If if you want to play the Jags wide receivers, just play Marvin Jones. But Chanel and Cash seems fine without Chark. There, there's no other healthy player on the Jags offense besides James Robinson that has higher than a 10% target share. So you know where the targets are going, and they're going to LaVisca Chanel and Marvin Jones Jr., this is a spot where the Jags are going to have to pass the ball and he's 4,800. So he looks to be one of the better plays at wide receiver this week if you need to save salary and go there. So I currently have LaVisca Chanel in, in my cash game shell. Yeah. And I mean, he was like an inch away from a touchdown and one yard away from the bonus. So like he would probably be priced 5,500 if things broke just slightly differently for him. I think you're getting some good value on Chanel at 4,800. Chanel is a great play this week. Right Above him, I think that T. Higgins is going to be sort of popular at 5K flat. This is one of the few games with a good-looking total, and Higgins doesn't really seem to be in any sort of question anymore. They've already said that he's going to be back at practice Wednesday, which bodes well for his availability this week. And you know, T. Higgins had a pretty solid role before he got injured. He was averaging seven and a half targets per game, and and we know that he's a touchdown threat in the Joe Burrow-led offense for the Bengals. Yeah, I definitely like T. Higgins. This the total on this game has been bet up three points so it's at 51 and a half so it's the second highest totaled game on the main slate now so t higgins at 5k i think is a very good option you know returning from injury but he should come back and see a 20 plus percent target share in one of the highest total games uh, i will take that all day if he gets eight to ten targets at 5k I, th- I think he's a pretty good play this weekend you could definitely go there and cash over lavisca chanel it's close i don't have a lean right now but they're both great plays. So, you know, to play all these expensive guys, we're mm-hmm. going to have to save salary, right? And, you know, the wide receiver three position on your rosters is sort of the spot where it feels like we do that. You know, I think that we kind of ran hot last week by not getting buried going Curtis Samuel over Westbrook Akeen. Mm-hmm. Like that, we both made that play. It turned out, I mean, Curtis Samuel played less than 40% of snaps. Westbrook Akeen played 80 plus. So like, you know, we kind of ran hot for them to put up the same exact amount of fantasy points. I was, I was looking for forward to going back to Curtis Samuel like you would think that his snaps would go up another week coming back being healthy but he did miss practice on Wednesday which kind of throws that into uh shaky waters yeah Curtis Samuel if you know he was healthy and, and practicing in full this week was going to be one of the highest owned players on the slate I don't know if that will be the case if he puts in you know some limited practices and people are going to assume that he has a limited uh snap share on Sunday but at 3k he's definitely in play for cash games and if not I think the guy that will get targeted as a direct pivot off of Curtis Samuel barring some injury news breaking his his way is Josh Reynolds and we talked about it before the pod but he had nine targets last week he played he was like an every down player and if Julio Jones and AJ Brown are out once again I think you just pivot directly to Josh Reynolds in cash just a salary saver take the targets take the snaps and he's a better football player than Nick Westbrook Akeen so I would be comfortable playing Josh Reynolds in cash if uh, the injury news breaks his way 
I agree. I mean, you're going to have to find somebody in this range that you're comfortable with just to be able to fit, you know, the elite studs that we've been talking about at running back and, and with Devontae Adams. Are there any other wide receivers that you think are going to draw heavy ownership or should we move on to tight end? Yeah, I don't think a lot of wide receivers are going to come with ownership. And that's kind of been the trend through the first month of the season, right? Is we've seen, you know, lower ownership on a lot of these guys like DJ Moore was only 31% owned last week. And it's just because the pricing is much flatter than it's ever been so ownership is spread out this year and it really only condenses on a couple guys and I think we touched on on the guys that it will condense around and then at the tight end position I think that you know we're gonna see this again I actually uh, I mean looking over things I don't think that really any of these guys are going to draw major ownership like yeah it, it seems like it's gonna be a week where you're saving salary at tight end once again but I don't really see much of a difference between you know Tyler Conklin or Max Williams or John or Evan Ingram like they're all sort of the same to me and I think the ownership will sort of reflect that and it'll be spread relatively evenly between this pricing tier of tight end yeah there's not one chalk player but like you said the pricing range is going to be chalk and it's going to be a 3k tight end that you're most likely plugging into your cash game lineups and Jonu Smith is projecting the best out of everybody that you mentioned right now so maybe he's the guy but I think he's fine I think Evan Ingram at 3200 if the injuries break his way again with Shepard and Slayton who both missed practice on Wednesday are out then he's he's a fine play again Dan Arnold at 2900 is in consideration too I mean you're just playing one of these guys it really doesn't matter who who you play so just punt you just have to punt at tight end this week it's it's that simple yeah I mean I, I wish I had like more to say about tight end yeah, but no. I just don't it's just like it's a salary whichever saver. one fits your bill it's, yeah that's literally all the position is this you week. got you got to save salary at three positions this week obviously two of them are tight end and defense and then your wide receiver three position is, is probably a punt too and that's just the build it's a stars and scrub week but i find the stars and scrubs week to be my best week so uh, i'm looking forward to playing cash games this week as am i however on the other side of things let's talk tournaments we've got leverage stacks and long shots joey how do you plan to get leverage on the field this week yeah so i think one of my ways to get leverage is going to be playing the Vikings passing offense without Delvin Cook. Delvin Cook figures to be one of the highest owned running backs on the slate at 8,400. Justin Jefferson is going to come under owned as he's not projecting really well. Adam Thielen is going to come under owned. Kirk Cousins is going to come under owned and they're in a great spot at home against the Lions. I love stacking up the Vikings offense this week and I think this is a spot where Kirk Cousins will give you 28 to 30 DraftKings points in on a week where we don't have many great quarterback options that should be able to get it done for you in tournaments. So give me the Vikings double stack as leverage off of Delvin Cook and... I'm going to run that in a lot of tournaments this week. Yeah, I, I like that a lot, man. I've, I've kind of personally been struggling in, you know, at this point early in the week. I mean, it's early, so I guess it's not a huge deal, but I just don't really see the paths to leverage, but I guess it's really just going to be playing players in similar price ranges because yeah. the build I think is solidified. Like the highest ceiling builds are going to be these stars and scrub lineups, but you're going to get Alvin Kamara at a fraction of the ownership of Derrick Henry. So maybe you make that play. You know, I think all of the wide receivers that are high priced are going to come in way lower owned than Devontae Adams. So whether that's Justin Jefferson or DeAndre Hopkins or DJ Moore, like I think you just make those plays and, and just hope that players are able to, um, you know, outscore the chalky guys. I, I don't, I don't really see how you get two different outside of that. Like, 
I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there there's some leverage spots, obviously, if you want to stack up the Titans passing offense and fade Derrick Henry, there's a leverage spot there. But yeah, I think this week the ownership is going to be spread out and that gives you a lot of players in, in, in play, in my opinion. And obviously, Kyler Murray is going to be the highest owned quarterback and his wide receivers aren't going to be owned. So I think that's a spot to capitalize on. The ownership really isn't there right now, in my opinion. And the leverage right now is is looking hard to find. So definitely have to tune into to the Saturday stream to get our updated thoughts. Yeah, for sure. We'll definitely have a better picture on the way that tournaments are going to play out in ownership on Saturday because a lot of it right now is just coming down to injuries. I guess the last leverage thing I'll, I'll suggest is that, you know, you just play players in ranges that aren't getting targeted. Like the people who are going to be paying up for Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry are, are skipping right over like Aaron Jones and Austin Eckler. And Aaron mm-hmm. Jones is a great leverage play on Devontae Adams every single week. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can do that by playing mid 5k wide receivers too. you know, Jacoby Myers, Marvin Jones, like you mentioned, playing Jamar Chase at 5.8, $800 more than T Higgins, who's going to be more owned. Like, like these are the spots that I think you go yeah. after in tournaments that are going to be underutilized. And that is the way to get leverage on a week like this and that's just playing different builds than the chalky build right so you mentioned that everybody's going to play the stars and scrub approach so if you go to aaron jones at 7900 or you go to zeke at 7k or Najee harris you know you're automatically switching up the build just by targeting those different players so that is the best way to get leverage on a slate like this and i just like running more balance builds on week on weeks like this as well like play three five to six k wide receivers right um pay up Mm -hmm. at at tight end a little bit to the 4k guys the 5k guys and tj hawkinson who is in a great spot george kittle's in a great spot fant uh schultz all all these guys are probably gonna go on their own so you just have to flip the build and and that's how you will get leverage and you know potentially win some tournaments this week what are some of the stacks that you're looking at to take these tournaments down yeah so i I mean i mentioned the viking stack and that is one of my favorite stacks obviously the cardinal stack is great talked about that in my video which is out now you can find that on our youtube channel but you know if i if i'm looking at a different stack I'll give a new stack that I like. I guess I'll go with Sam Darnold, a yep. Panther stack. That, that's exactly what I had, man. <laughs> I, I love that stack. I mean, the Eagles defense obviously is nothing to be scared of. Uh, DJ Morris priced up, should come with lower ownership. Robbie Anderson is 5K, so you got a nice little double stack there that is not going to be owned at all. And we saw Sam Darnold put up 36 DraftKings points last week. So his ceiling is high. The wide receiver ceilings are high, and this should be a good spot for Sam Darnold, in my opinion. So I'll I'll say a Panther stack, although the total is pretty low. So it is it is low, and that that stood out to me as well. Like I don't see exactly why this total is only at forty five. That seems pretty low, considering these offenses have both been decent. And it just doesn't necessarily make sense to me. I guess it's a pricing thing. Like they're not going to project as stone values the way they did last week with this Panthers side of the ball. But like everybody was, you know, jumping to play these guys last week against Dallas. It was a better game environment, but it's not like the Eagles defense is something to be worried about. Patrick Mahomes just dropped five touchdowns on their head last week. And Sam Darnold is like Derrick Henry at the goal line right now. The dude leads the league in rushing touchdowns. So I'm, I'm all for playing Sam Darnold at reduced ownership. We already mentioned how, you know, just by playing DJ Moore 
in that Devonte Adams price range is going to be good ownership leverage. So I like that. Jalen Hurts is always in play and Devonte Smith is just going to be locked into this weird price range that nobody is going to play him at until things change. So like at 5,900, Devonte Smith at like 5% owned, I think is a great bring back. Yeah, Devonte Smith is a great play and he's actually been like dominating targets in Philadelphia right now has a 23% target share a 14 yard a dot which is extremely fantasy friendly right and he has 44% of the team's air yard so he's getting targeted deep down the field Jalen Hurts has been good I think as a passer and Devontae Smith at 5900 is a phenomenal GPP play this week has a 66% whopper which is just incredible. Mm. So love Devontae Smith, and he's a great bring back for the Panther stack. And all these guys are, are going to be, you know, under owned. They're going to be, what, 7%, 6% owned. So you're getting uh, some some great ownership on, on these guys, and it's a great stack. Long shots, Joey. Who are you taking a shot at this week? Yeah, I mean, I think my favorite tournament play at wide receiver this week just correlates with one of my favorite sacks, and that's Justin Jefferson at 7,700. You know, everybody's just going to play Devontae Adams over him. I'm expecting Jefferson to be under 10% owned, and if he's under 10% owned getting 10 targets against the Lions at home, I think he's putting up 30-plus DraftKings points. So Justin Jefferson is my favorite tournament play at wide receiver. I also really like Jacoby Myers. I think this is the week where he finally scores a touchdown, and he's 5,600. And if you're getting 10 targets out of him, he's a great play at, at 5,600 as well. But he should come with a little bit of ownership. Yeah, no, Myers is definitely interesting coming off of 26 targets over the last two weeks. So yeah, Myers is is certainly interesting. And a pair of long shots I'll give out is sort of like a correlated play. I mean, they may not be 1% owned, but I think they're going to get overlooked just because of the price range they're in. And that's Damian Harris correlated with Brandon Cooks. With Harris, I think you're just getting a sizable ownership discount because of the fact that Leonard Fournette and Damian Williams are going to soak up so much of the attention in that mid 5k range. I think that this is a perfect spot for Damian Harris to bounce back. Harris has ran the ball only 10 times over the last two weeks. Mac Jones has thrown the ball 91 times in the past two games. And you know, man, Bill doesn't like that shit, right? He wants to get back to balance. He's trying to ground and pound that Houston ass. No James White, J.J. Taylor is dog water and he fumbled, so we're probably never going to see him again. Ramondre Stevenson is likely to not be active, or maybe he'll be active and Taylor will be inactive. Who knows? Not concerned with it. Damian Harris is the running back that you want in this spot. Patriots are eight and a half point favorites. And the cherry on top is that Damian Harris ran 17 routes last week, which is a career high and could lead to a larger role in the passing game, which is the only thing that has really capped Harris's ceiling up to this point. And and just talking about the other side, like Brandon Cooks is a perfect bring back. I know he sort of didn't get there last week for the first time all year, but the underlying usage is still great. And the Patriots secondary got a little bit softer this morning. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Gilmore... That's a tough scene, but obviously he wasn't playing. He was on the pup list. And our, and our secondary is still one of the best in the league, so you better put some respect on... Our secondary? What position you play? <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny guy. But, yeah, so, I mean, Brandon Cooks is, is still a great play, though, right? Because he's leading the NFL in, like, everything. In Whopper, target percentage, 
air yards percentage, like you said, his underlying usage is one of the best in, in the league. And um, if he sees this usage, he's a great tournament play each and every single week. And he's 6,100 and it's a great correlation. And, and I, I think uh, Damian Harris is a solid bet to go over 100 yards rushing in this spot. Um, and he's the only guy there now. So at 5,500, I, I think Damian Harris is a great play. And I, I think that he could definitely be a GPP winner. Anything else you want to touch on before we close it out with best bets? Yeah, I mean, tournaments are, are just going to be interesting. And, you know, I think it's going to be a low scoring week. How we talked about it when we talked about the Vegas totals and whatnot. But there's a lot of uh, fine plays. And I definitely like sitting in the, in the mid range for these wide receivers. I think there is a lot of good plays. You have, you know, Kenny Galladay at 5,900. If those Giants wide receivers are out, Marvin Jones, Jacoby Myers. I mean, Allen Robinson is 5,500. Jesus, I haven't seen him that low in forever. Uh, and then you got some of the Dolphins wide receivers there as well. Jalen Waddle is 4,800 this week against Tampa Bay, like the worst secondary in the NFL. Same price as LaVisca too. Yep. That's interesting. Yep. There's some, there's some good pivots in the mid range. So I think a lot of my teams are going to be balanced and play a lot of these wide receivers in the mid range. And I think that's, what's going to win tournaments this week is just making an overall balanced lineup with upside and fading some of the chalky options at the top of the player pool. Yes. And Joey, a little bit of breaking news. Christian McCaffrey returned to practice today, which could shake this slate up a little bit. Wait, break. So breaking news, Christian McCaffrey, if, if he plays like he's a god, I need him to fucking play like for my season long teams. <laughs> Jesus, come on. 8,700 CMC. Uh, he's practicing on Wednesday, which is a good sign. Is he practicing in full? That is the question. I doubt that, I, but, but unconfirmed. I mean, we unconfirmed. talked about it, you know. This Sunday would be 17 days from his injury, and if it was only like a slight hamstring pull, like I, I've come back from a slight hamstring pull in two weeks, you know? Mm -hmm. So he should, honestly, like I'm praying he goes, and that just gives uh, everybody more reason to tune into our Saturday stream. I know I've mentioned it, but I think this week is, is definitely going to be one of the more important weeks to tune in to get our updated thoughts just because of a lot of uncertainty around this slate. Yeah, no. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Let's close things out here with our best bets of the week. Kind of a tough scene last week. I think we ran a little bit poorly. I mean, I had the Odell over and he dropped that right through his hands. You know, you had Jimmy G over as one of yours and that was chalked by halftime because of his supposed calf injury. So let's uh, let's bounce back on, in, on the week five. What do you got? Yeah, that Jimmy G over would have hit too. That's unfortunate. <laughs> but so for this week, one of my bets that I like is a player that we just talked about, and that's Damian Harris over 59 and a half rushing yards. I mean, we just touched Easy on cash. it. It's a good spot for him. He should be the only running back that will get meaningful touches on the Patriots. Bill Belichick wants to get back to running the football grounded pound. So I think this line is very low going up against the Houston Texans. So give me Damian Harris over 59 and a half rushing yards on prize picks. Yes. And I'm going to give out three that I bet this morning on prize picks. That is one of them. Damian Harris, 59 and a half. That's just, that's easy to me. Josh Allen over 299.5 passing. So, you know, he needs a 300 yard game for that to cash. That seems like easy money in this spot going against Mahomes. They're probably going to combine for like a thousand yards passing between them in this spot. So I, I like that for Josh Allen. 
And then Chris Carson under 13 and a half receiving. I know that's a low number, but Chris Carson has three targets for three receiving yards over the last three games. He's been under 50% of snaps in the last two weeks. Like I think that Chris Carson is going under this almost every single week this year. So under 13 and a half. And he also missed practice on Tuesday. Like there's a shot he doesn't even go. So yeah, Yeah. I I would smash that while it's still on the board. And just reiterating for the first time uh, since week one, I am, I'm throwing in a side as well. Titans minus four that that's free money to me this week. And I'll I'll give out one more too that I like Saquon Barkley over 55 and a half rushing yards. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. So you got four going, I got two going. So we get, we got a lot of bets on the, on the line this week and uh, just with the Chris Carson, yeah, it looks like he's not even going to play, so that will get voided out. It gets voided? Well, it just turns into, you know, a two-teamer. That's true. So then the odds, oh, right. so then the odds get lowered to what a two-teamer odds would be. So I'm not not really sure what that is. Interesting. It's a uh, 3x yeah. over 5x, but okay. I mean, damn, that's kind of chalky. I was hoping that, you know, it would just cash. <laughs> nah. All right, man. Well, that's going to be it for episode 168 of the DFS Dose podcast, man. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at the DFS Dose, as well as our personal Twitters. I'm at Ben Hover. Joey's at Joey Carrion DFS. For more week five NFL DFS content, check out our YouTube channel at the DFS Dose. We are closing in on 300 subscribers. It would mean a lot if you went over there and subbed to the channel where we post multiple videos per week and like joey has mentioned we will be live streaming on saturday evening to revisit the slate and give our updated thoughts as news develops throughout the week to everybody out there man we appreciate you we value you until next time let's stay accountable and keep it authentic